Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to drop this episode on you because it was a conversation that I got to have with my girlfriend, Brenda Johnson. She has a podcast called The Limitless Life Podcast. She is one of those people that I found by way of social media, by way of somebody else's podcast, and we connected. We've had so many conversations, funny, inappropriate, awesome, you name it, in the DMs on Instagram. She had me on her podcast. I've had her on my podcast. And I wanted to share this episode that we did together a few weeks back. It was really, I think, all the way back in May. And it was all around embracing radical self-accountability. And it was something that I think she did a story on. And then we had this whole conversation on Instagram and the DMs about, you know, owning that self-accountability. And I was like, we have to do a podcast episode about that. So we did it on her show a few months ago. And I was like, I listened to it back after she she put it out. And I was like, we have to share this with my community. Can I have it? Can I repurpose it and put it on my show too? So it's all around claiming that limitless, that limitless life. It's almost hard to say. And letting go of our own limiting beliefs, right? That cloud our vision and hold us back. So many of us like bend over backwards to to say or do or be the things that will make other people happy. And in doing so, we totally stifle our true desires and end up feeling, I don't know, stuck and unfulfilled. But in order to elevate our lives, we need to become radically self-accountable and empower ourselves with a strong mindset and a clear self-concept, as she says. But you know, that kind of thinking isn't always like second nature to us. And it can take some learning and unlearning in both of our cases to get quote unquote there. So come with us as we go deep on this subject and talk about what it really means to embrace that radical self-accountability. This conversation with Brenda and I is powerful and I know you're going to love it. If you haven't checked out Brenda before, I want you to go to the link in the show notes, follow her on Instagram. She's got an amazing like, like really vault of meditations. She's got a great community that you can tap into if that woo side of you needs a little of attention or if you really just need help kind of coming back home to who you are. Her meditations help me sleep. They help me connect to myself. Um, and I'm really so grateful for social media, my network of friends that introduced me to Brenda. So without further ado, I hope you love this episode as much as I have. It was episode 84 on her show. It's episode 200 and something on this show. Um, I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who tune into this podcast. And I know that listening to this is going to help you really connect to yourself, which is always my first goal, and to take ownership of how you are showing up for the things that are going on in your life, whether things are quote unquote happening to you, happening for you. You have the power to take responsibility and accountability and make the changes necessary. And we talk a ton about that inside this episode. So let's dive in. I've got a serious question for you. Are you claiming the limitless life that's available to you? Or are you letting your own limiting beliefs cloud your vision and hold you back? Here's the thing. Being open to possibilities is a key aspect of manifesting them into reality, aka making them real. But so many people, and I'm betting a lot of you, and hey, listen, I did this too, and I still do it in some ways. We tell ourselves these stories 
that prevent us from making our dreams a reality? How many of you are bending over backwards to say or do or be the things that are going to make other people happy? When you do that, the only thing that's really happening is you're squashing your true desires. And that's going to leave you feeling stuck and unfulfilled. In order to elevate your life, you need to become radically self-accountable. You need to empower yourself with a strong mindset and a clear self-concept. And I get it. That thing is not always second nature to us because it's not what we're taught. And it can take some learning, or should I say it can take some unlearning to get there. In this episode, we are diving deeper into all of this. I've got an amazing guest with me, Jessica Bergio. She's a podcaster, a hype girl, a space holder. She's the host of the Unscripted podcast and the co-founder of Media Unscripted, which is a podcast management agency. Jessica is going to share about her own journey towards living her limitless life and how she's learned to take ownership of what she allows into her life. You're listening to the Limitless Life Podcast, helping you simplify mindset and energetics by giving you easy-to-use strategies that'll help you ditch the self-sabotage and move through resistance so you can create your limitless life and business. I'm your host, Brenna Johnston, and as a subconscious mindset strategist, I've learned over the years how to make the deep transformational work even easier and far more effective. So join me weekly for new episodes and get ready to step into your highest potential. All right. Welcome back to the Limitless Life Podcast, or welcome if you're new here. I'm really excited about my guest today. I've got Jessica Bergio with me today. She's a podcaster. She's an author. She's a hype woman. And like, honestly, you're just an all around amazing, strong woman. And that's why I'm excited to have this conversation. We actually met because you're a part of my expansion community. And I was recently a guest on your podcast, the unscripted, unscripted, the podcast. And I fucking loved our conversation and I love what you're about. And I was like, I need her on my podcast because I also love your energy. So welcome. Thank you. I'm super stoked to be here. We have had lots of amazing conversations. I love being a part of your world and getting to tap into your genius whenever I want through your membership and through all your downloadables and your podcast. So um, I love when people make themselves like omnipresent to where when I need it, I can go get it. So I, I do appreciate everything that you're putting out into the world too. Oh, thank you for that feedback. I appreciate that a lot. It's always tough, right? We put all these things out in the world. We don't know if they're hitting people in the right spots or when they need them. So that is a great piece of feedback and I'm going to receive that. Speaking of good stuff, you've got so much good stuff going out into the world right now. You're doing great things with your podcast and you just launched a podcast program that I will definitely have linked up in the show. And you know what else I love? That we have this weird six degrees of separation thing going on with a bunch of people. This is why I love social media, because you can actually connect with people all over the world that you never would have met before and then find out you have all these connections. Yeah. It's very interesting to me. Paul Busetta, that's our main one. That's my favorite one. We'll just give Paul a shout out. Paul's the OG. He's amazing. You know, it's funny. I actually heard you talking on your podcast about how in the beginning, he actually told you to reach out to Lori Harder Mm -hmm. and he basically changed the, like the trajectory of your life. Yes. This is all his fault. Yeah. And you know what? (laughs) You don't know this though. So when I was getting into doing this work and when I was getting into the hypnosis stuff, he actually 
in the strong magazine, the front office they had, he was like, Brenda, we're going to come in on the weekend. We're going to clear out the office and you are going to have this space to see clients because you need an office closer to the city. And I was like, what? And sure as shit, we went and he, he, him and his wife and myself, we were moving boxes and doing all the things. And he's like, we'll move all this stuff. This is going to be your desk. This is going to be stuff like he actually, and I probably, I should probably tell him this as well. Like he also changed the trajectory of where I was heading and like the beliefs that I had, because he's a, he's an amazing dreamer. Mm. an amazing manifester and an amazing person in general so yeah he just believes anything is possible and that you should totally live in your zone of genius which is what he does and you know he stays doing the things that light him up and so does his wife and I and I felt that energy and so do his kids like he they as parents have embodied that themselves so then their kids became that version as well and I don't know I think you're right like just being in his presence allows you to dream super big and to think like anything's possible and to have him be like yeah just message Lori Harder I was like yeah why not what's the worst she's gonna say no like it was so cool and it's so great to be around people like that where you look at them and think you don't have any like thoughts about that you just think it and then you're gonna do it I don't know if it's more of a male trait or if it's just Paul, but Paul's straight up magic. And I love that we have that connection. Yeah. That's interesting actually about that. Wondering if it's a male trait or if it's a Paul trait, I think it's kind of both. I think asking is such a fear that women have. Like, I don't know if it's that we're afraid we're going to look weak or small or stupid, or, you know, I don't even know what it is. I'm sure I could come up with a bunch of stuff of how I would feel about asking around things. Um, But the first one is always like, well, who am I to ask her? Like, I'm nobody compared to her. I mean, and that's not just a belief. Like at the time, if you were to compare apples to oranges, like I didn't have the career she had. I didn't have the foot to stand on, but there was no reason not to ask for her help. Um, It may have, I may have had to pay for it, um, but she ended up doing it, you know, on a trade with him for some photos. But yeah, it was, it was in that moment that, you know, I started to believe in myself a little bit more than I didn't. Um, He's also the reason why I started doing makeup like I think nine years ago. Kai's 11. So about nine or 10 years ago, he had been hiring me for photo shoots. And, you know, I'm a hairdresser, so I would come do the hair and I would bring my friend who was an amazing makeup artist. And after a couple of times, he said to me, why are you paying her to do makeup? Why don't you just have her teach you how to do makeup and stop having to split the, the you know, what you're making with her? And I thought, well, doesn't that make sense? Uh, no, I'm a hairdresser. I can't do makeup too. Well, why not? I do my own makeup. I've had my makeup done so many times by her, by other professional artists. I've been on every side of like the camera with both being in the magazines and being on the backside. So I paid her and I, we, um, yeah, I started getting to travel with him and do stuff in Vegas for photo shoots and whatnot. But yeah, he also pushed me to do that now come to think of it. <laughs> right. But you just said something really interesting there. The self-identity thing. I can't do this because I'm this. How have you, I actually want to back up. I just love talking to you. Bring us backwards. Talk a little bit about how you got to be doing what you're doing now, because I know, because I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. I know a lot about you. You have this belief and I don't even know if you see it, but you'd go into things and you're like, success is just not an option for me. Like I'm just going to do it. And I don't even know if you see that in yourself. 
Um, thank you. I received that. I do see that in myself. And I actually just had a really come to Jesus conversation with a girlfriend of mine. Her name's Marina Middleton. Uh, you should totally have her on your podcast. She's all about personal branding. Um, her and I had this conversation around fulfillment and around doing things in our life that maybe don't feel like they should after you maybe quote unquote accomplish them. For me, that looked like being a successful hairdresser, opening my own salon and starting other various things that I've done. I just have this expectation that if I give it everything I have, I will, I will be successful. I will at least hit a level of success that feels like, see, yeah, I did it. But the problem with that, I think belief, because with every great thing comes something negative. I feel like there's always like this double-edged sword. It was kind of like me trying to go to the gym this morning at 5 Mm a.m. and then sitting on the freeway for an hour in traffic because there was an eight-car pileup. Didn't make it to the gym, but that's okay. Like there's, You're like, oh, no, good deed goes unpunished. Um, But with that being said, we said something along the lines as she was talking. I said, do you think it's that we don't get this level of fulfillment because we just expect that we're going to be able to do that thing? So therefore, it doesn't bring us the joy or satisfaction that it would if we didn't think we could do it in the beginning. And we kind of sat there and pondered that for a second. And I think it's, it's both true and also like a lie. I've probably told myself, um, because it, it holds a lot of people back myself included. Like if I wanted to get in shape, I know I could, because I've done it before, but I'm not going to do it right now. If I wanted to have a really successful high level podcast, I could do that. I just don't have the time to put into it. Right. We, we always have this, but and I could, I could, you know, be as successful as Lori Harder and be a 10 time cover model, but you know, that's just not where I'm at in my life right now. Like we always have this, but statement that we put ourselves in our own way, you know, do you really want what you see other people having? That's the part where I think sometimes at our age, we start to get a little more discerning around, is that a dream I actually want? Or is that just something shiny that I think looks good on someone else? So I think I should want it too. So I think for me, you know, transitioning out of the beauty industry after 20 plus years, I had to really start noticing like, do I just want that thing because that pretty girl has it or that looks like it would feel good or give me some sense of satisfaction? And to be honest, like the last couple of years navigating this online space has been super difficult because how can you not be distracted by what other people are doing or what it looks like they have or how it looks like they feel when they live their amazing life that they post on social media? You know, it's confusing because I know a lot of those people personally, and it's not, not all fucking rainbows and sunshine. It's the same amount of hard work, stress, daily grind, hustle, relationship issues that the rest of us have. And I think one of the biggest blessings I've ever had in my life is getting to work for really insanely wealthy people like in their home, you know, when you're touching them, doing their hair, doing their makeup first thing in the morning, multiple days in a row, like people open up to you. In my industry, people open up. Like I have this gift of, I touch you and you tell me your deepest, darkest things that you maybe don't tell anybody else. And at the end of the day, what I've learned is that we're all human and no amount of success or money or any of that changes the core of who we are. We all have the set of beliefs that we were brought into this world with and that we were conditioned to know about ourselves or what's true in the world. And so even the people that have massive amounts of success that we see still struggle with so many other things that they maybe choose not to share and talk about with us, you know? And so for me, it's like, yeah, I was 17 years old when my girlfriend decided she wanted to go to beauty school. And she said, Hey, there's this free program. You want to sign up? We were juniors in high school, 11th grade. 
I said, sure, why not? I don't have to pay for it. Yeah, my mom can't say no. You know, I knew she wanted me to go to college, but she hadn't paid one stitch of attention to my grades up a point. So there was no way I was getting into college. Even then, even at 17, I was too bougie to be like, I ain't going to community college. I either go to a nice school or I'm not going. And so beauty school seemed like the answer for me at the time to have a career that gave me freedom, creativity, and the ability to do something I might love while I figured out what else I wanted to do. Cause I knew even at 17, 18, that like, I don't know what I want to do with my life yet. I see my mom, I see other adults. They like not very many of them look happy. Mm-hmm. So at least I knew that I wanted to try something that was going to give me some sense of freedom um, and wasn't going to go home with me. I was, I was aware enough at that age to know I didn't want a career that could go home with me. Meaning like I wasn't going to be at home stressed and ignoring my kids. I wasn't going to be working on the weekends if I didn't want to shit like that. So, you know, back to the success point. Um, I at least had my mom in my corner to tell me, listen, if this is really what you want to do, the school that you got into is a shit school. Let's see if we can get you into the best salon in San Diego. And, and, and for that, I'll go start getting my hair done there. So I at least know what the salon is like. My mom did that for me. She went and spent, you know, three, four, $500 to figure out what that, that place was like. And I got a job there and, you know, being able to work at a high level salon where, you know, experience and customer satisfaction, like all of, there was this whole process to things. Um, that was also another gift. Like we were talking about with Paul, it opened up my eyes to the level of entrepreneurship or success that hairdressers actually could have. And I think it changed my mom's mind around the industry as well. I love that even at that young age, you were able to really see what the possibilities for you could actually be. That's that's such a great story. Recently, you've given up being behind the chair. Yes to pursue what you're doing now, which is the podcast stuff and being the author and being hyped around doing all the things. Your podcast actually started during the pandemic. What made you all of a sudden go, I think I'm going to start a podcast. Mm, Well, it's funny how Lori kind of plays like an underlying role in a lot of my stories because she was kind of the first mentor I saw as like a normal person having these chunks and levels of success. And so she had started her podcast probably three years before I started mine. And I would say two years into her having one, I wanted my own. I knew I love to talk. I mean, I've been doing it behind the chair for 22 years. So like the gift of Gab is like, I was always that kid. My mom's like, you put a quarter in her, she doesn't stop. Short form is not for me. Um, So when I watched her have this, this success, because I had gone to her events before, so I'd seen what she was about and how she evolved into having this podcast. I couldn't see the vision with the podcast and I didn't know all of what podcasting entailed. I just knew it was something that you couldn't just start and dabble in. Like if you wanted to be a good podcaster, you had to put time in. And if you wanted it to really, you know, get out to the people, you had to learn how to market and do all the things. And at the time I was busy working behind the chair. I didn't have the extra time, money or vision to, to really put to it. So I at least knew not that that wasn't the time for me to start it. But like we said, time and money is like the number two, the two things that always hold people back, right? I would love to do that program, but I don't have the money to invest. I would love to X, Y, Z, but I don't think I have the time to really do it properly. Fine. But we all know we can find the money. We can all know we can find the time to do the shit that we want. So when I opened my salon six months before the closure, 15 years in the making to open my dream little salon, I was so happy. It was so amazing universe be like, this isn't where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to start a podcast. going to so give I, you a little detour. Oh, huge detour. So I had the time. 
I had the space and I actually had a little bit of resources because I was able to get a couple of those loans early on from for the space. So I had met a guy who was a videographer and he was now this like underground client that I had because, you know, I was still sneaking clients and, you know, go, you know, terrible me trying to make a few bucks on the side and not lose my business. Um, and we sat down and we talked about what it would look like to put together a course for stylists and to finally start my podcast because I was at a point where I was angry enough that I felt like I had enough to say in that moment. And I knew if I created a platform, I could share it with all my other hairdressers in town and that they would come sneak into my salon and do a podcast with me. And at the time I had no real vision. I just knew I wanted to share my, my platform and I had a space. And so we started. We started recording episodes. We met every single Monday. We sat down and record four episodes back to back. So I would sit there for four, five, six hours recording live in-person episodes. Ooh, Mind you, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know how to interview properly. I tried to prep and, you know, I did my best. And it was such a great, beautiful learning time because, you know, you you sometimes don't give yourself enough credit for what you do know or for the vision you maybe do have, but you're too scared to like let it bubble up and really show itself. And so as I went through the process of interviewing a lot of my friends in the industry and talking to them, I realized I love pulling back the curtain and sharing the story. Like what's the come up story? You got into an industry that your parents probably thought wasn't the best choice for you either, but look at you, you're successful. You own a salon, you have a product company, you work in PR, you work for one of the biggest L'Oreal brands in, in town. Like Sh share your story with us. And so that's where the love of storytelling for me started to, to kind of show itself. And once I realized that I could reach so many more people through doing it on zoom like this, I started to navigate that world and find like, who else could I reach out to? Who else could I pick their brain? Who else would I love to have a conversation with that could pour into this community of hairdressers that are closed and upset and frustrated and hurting right now. And so that's where it started. That's, that's where the podcast came from. Mm, I love that. And you said something very important there too, because I always talk about energy and emotions and there's so many people out there that talk about, oh, you have to always, you have to be in the high vibrational emotions. No, you don't. The anger that you had was the catalyst that propelled you forward to put you on the path that you're supposed to be on. Yeah. Like that's you a know, beautiful thing. Pain and frustration and you know, things that feel like setbacks can be the biggest, you know, they can be your fuel to take action because when we're in comfortable situations or when life is so great and dancy and you're in this energetic state of woo amazingness, like you don't always feel like you need to bring on more or to do something about it. So the majority of people I know create things from a place of need or from a pain point, right? What was this past version of you that wish they would have had this, you know, that's where a lot of our courses are coming from now online. That's why so many people have stepped into coaching because at some point they needed what they're sharing now. And so that's why you see people stepping into this space as much as they have been because a past version of them needed it and couldn't find it, mm. you know? And so that's where the podcast for me came from. I knew there were other beauty industry related podcasts, but they really just talked about business and strategy. And I was way past that point. Like my podcast was to help people, you know, stay in the game combat overwhelm burnout like find ways to fulfill themselves and to know like their their success level was dependent on them i'm i'm never someone who's going to sympathize with you i'm here to support you and show you like how to get out of your own way and take action so i'm fine with who i am and i knew that if i could just show up and be myself that i would resonate with the right people mm. how's that been showing up as yourself have you always been able to show up as yourself authentically unapologetically 
ask my mom, yes, she'd say I, I have. Um, I have always had this underlying take me as I am kind of attitude, which when you're younger, it doesn't serve you. Like my kid has it and I love it, but it doesn't help him in school. Um, it doesn't actually help you make a lot of friends when you're growing up either, because if you're not very empathetic and you look at people like, why are you doing that? That's dumb. You know, that, that doesn't, that doesn't work in society, but kids are the most beautiful example of real and raw. Um, Kai will say some stuff. That's my son. He'll say things sometimes. And I'm like, well, that is true. But in society, you can't quite say it like that. So, you know, I think we, we've evolved as a, as a species to learn how to speak to people, to not just get what we want, but to not hurt people's feelings and to be more helpful than hurtful. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've had to learn over the years because, you know, through various, um, relationships, I've been told time and time again, it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it to me. And, you know, my mom was a very harsh and we grew up like my grandparents were very no nonsense, like no bullshit. Just say it how it is. Nobody was getting a pat on the back. There was no trophies in the house for participation. You know, if anything, it was the exact opposite. Oh, you got first place. Of course you did. Like, so that's probably where that confidence piece of success came from. Right. Um, you just the expectations that you did well, that you achieved things, that you were good. And I think the the level of authenticity for me was people aren't going to like you anyways. So if you're always worried, if they do like you, why don't you just act like yourself, dress like yourself, speak like you want, do your hair like you want. Like I've had every color hair in the book, black, purple, red, yellow, super short, long, like I dressed however I want. Sometimes you'll catch me preppy. Sometimes I look like a little gothy. Sometimes I look like a little soccer mom. Like I just allow myself to feel into whatever it is I want. My boyfriend now thinks I'm crazy. He's super corporate. So like he's calling vanilla by any means, but he's, he's, he shows out on the outside. Um, it's what's acceptable and what's not right. But luckily for me, I was in an industry where self-expression was your biggest flex. Like that was your personal brand and business card before we started calling it your personal brand. And so you know, how you dressed, how you presented yourself was the type of client you would attract. So early on, I knew if I showed up this way, I would attract these types of clients. You know, I worked with girls who had their head shaved, fully tattooed, neck, face, head, like they attracted like-minded clients. And it's interesting because that's how social media works. Mm -hmm. That's how podcasting works. That's how whatever you're creating works. You know, even if you're a service-based provider or you do something in corporate, like, how you show up is usually what you attract. So, you know, if you can be the mirror for what you want in your life, like that's your biggest flex. And sometimes when we're not getting the things into our life that we want, you need to go to the mirror and take a look and see what is the energy that you're putting out? Because now all of the things that seem like weaknesses or a problem when I was a kid are my biggest strengths. You know, my ability to really listen and my ability to speak up when I see or hear something that, you know, what do I stand for or but I've also learned empathy along the way because life will humble the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. Things happen that are out of your control. You do or say something that you didn't mean to land that way and you lose friends or you lose job opportunities or, you know, things happen. And through those moments, you have a choice to learn or you have a choice to say, well, this is just who I am, you know, and I'm somewhere in between. <laughs> mm, I love that. It's so interesting too. And the reason I asked that question is because for me working in corporate so long, so when I started in corporate, I actually had pink hair. And so that was weird back then. They were like, uh, okay. And I <clears throat> really went through this many years 
of almost losing who I was because I had to act a certain way. And as a senior person, you can't say certain things. And, you know, I, I was really put into this box. So when I became an entrepreneur and started working for myself, it took me a really long time to be able to fully embrace who I am. And if I'm being completely honest, I think that version of me, like the true version of me only started showing up about a year ago because it was really hard to figure out who I was. And I had had coaches in my past who were like, oh, you need to create like a character. You need to be a character of yourself. And I was like, no, I need to fucking be myself. Like I say, fuck. Okay. Like I do. And they were like, well, you know, you're in your forties. You want to attract like, I was like, what? Excuse me? No, I'm, I want to attract the women who are like us in our forties who fucking wake up one day and go, God, is this my life? Mm -hmm. I feel like there's supposed to be more to my life. And then give them permission to recognize that there is more and they can have more and they can do more. What do you say to those women who are afraid to make these changes, who are afraid to step out into the more? Mm, it's such a good question. And it's why I wrote my book. Um, I feel like, you know, I luckily didn't go down a tunnel where I completely lost myself. I think there's seasons of our life where we feel lost. And I think for anybody relating to your story with corporate, you know, they have to have a process to put everybody in line. Could you imagine trying to manage a bazillion different personalities? And I mean, they try to make you as like as possible, right? So the culture is one thing and then everyone falls in line. Mm -hmm. If in the military, everybody got to be their, their own version of them, it wouldn't work. So in a society that we are in, it, it works for certain things, but a lot of people are waking up in their 40s and 50s, men included. And that's why we call this midlife crisis thing. It's almost labeled as a bad thing. It's not. It's sometimes you wake up after 25 years of doing the same thing or being married to someone you were told was the right person for you in a career that you told was socially acceptable and, and the route to go and think, what the fuck have I been doing? This wasn't ever who I was or what I actually wanted. But at 18, 19, 20, 25 years old, like I didn't know any better. Girl, I just had to pop in the middle of this episode to let you know that I will be attending Keisha Get Mary's live event, Empower Her, in Denver, Colorado, September 22nd through the 24th. Tickets are now live and you can grab my coupon code if you click the link in the show notes. This event last year was life-changing. I was rocked and I love how Keisha shows up. Her energy is contagious. The people in the room's energy is contagious. They have amazing guest speakers to tap into their knowledge, their power, their energy. Two of my favorites, Chris and Lori will be there along with Mr. Trent Shelton himself. You guys snag your tickets before they're gone. You won't want to miss this. This will probably be the last live event she does for quite some time because she will be 34 weeks pregnant by the time this event hits. So again, it's in Denver, Colorado, September 22nd through the 24th. You can tap the link in the show notes to grab your ticket and join me. Mm. I was too heavily influenced by the people around me, which is usually your family, right? Or, or the versions you see of success online, which are doctors, lawyers, you know, teachers, and the various things that we know of to be successful. And that's one of those things that a few times over the years, I've woken up in that, this can't be my life. 
you're younger and you're in relationships, you deal with a lot of shit. And then one day you wake up and you're like, I'm not dealing with that anymore. And you know, now going into the next relationship, what your boundaries are. And you learn more every relationship, even in friendships, business relationships. I don't want a boss that talks to me like that. So maybe you can't find one. So that pushes you into entrepreneurship, right? That pain of not finding people who see you for who you are. And, you know, I think that's why so many, there are so many great creative, amazing entrepreneurs in this world, because so many more people are waking up to the fact that they want to choose who they get to be every single day. And that's one of the coolest things about having an online business and running your own social media platform. And especially having your own podcast is this is yours. This is your platform to do with it what you want. And so that's why I get confused sometimes, but I understand why people are like, I don't understand how to be authentic. I don't know how to be myself online. They don't usually say it like that. What they're saying is, I don't know what content to post. Mm -hmm. If I had a podcast, I wouldn't know what to talk about. To me, that means you don't know who you are in this current season. You've forgotten who you are because you know shit. You have experience. If If you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, you know a lot of stuff. You have a lot of experience. So for someone to tell me I wouldn't know what to talk about, I, they've lost themselves. And, and that's okay. And you can, you can do things to start to find yourself again, right? All the modalities we have through breath work and meditation and journaling and yoga. And, you know, that's the work. That's why a lot of us have podcasts because we want to share this work with you. We've had to do a lot of it to be able to connect our voice to helping other people. And, you know, none of this stuff comes easy. This is all us doing the work and then sharing it. I don't know anybody who has a podcast who has hasn't been progressively doing the work and then wanting to share it and or bringing on other guest experts to share their version and their perspective too. Yeah. So doing the, you work. know, the book I wrote is called come as you are. It's the art of unbecoming who they told you to be. And it's really just my dedication and sharing a lot of my story to let people know that just because you do all the things you're supposed to do and you wake up one day and it doesn't feel right. Like, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It happens to so many more people than people, you know, recognize or want to share, you know, and I have a couple girlfriends who are still married to their high school sweethearts. And, you know, I've been divorced and separated now from my son's dad. That's two different relationships. And I'm only 42 and I have an 11 year old. So it's, I've been through a lot of relationships and stuff. And so when I have conversations with some of my friends that are still married, there's like this badge of honor where they're like, yeah, we, I've been through all that with my husband. We, we just decided to stay married. And I'm like, I can visually see that you, A, don't like each other. Your, your kids aren't like, just because, but there's reasons why people stay that we'll never understand. And everybody gets to have their own reasons. I don't get to judge why she's still there or why they decide to stay in those situations. That's for her to figure out. But what it does is it separates, like we're not as close to friends anymore because I can't relate to where she's at in her life. And she doesn't really relate to where I'm at in my life. And so when I talked about losing people earlier, like that's why a lot of people stay in situations and don't allow for themselves to fully go find themselves. Yeah. And the relationship thing is very interesting too. I mean, we talked about this on your show. I was in an 18 year relationship. We were married for 15 years. And I actually had people say to me, they're like, well, you know, it's easier for you because you don't have kids. It was easier for you to leave because you didn't have kids. You could just say, no, we're good. Waking up when I was, how old was I when I got divorced? 38. So we separated and divorced 38, 39. I went through this whole phase where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Everybody's taken. This is going to happen. I told myself so many fucked up stories until I realized it was one of the best things I ever did 
to make that big, scary leap. And if I had not done that, I honestly don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing today. And I have clients who, when they start working with me, they tell me how unhappy they are in their relationships, but they don't want to leave because they have kids. And my first question is, what if your daughter came to you and told you how unhappy she was in her relationship? What would you tell her to do? And the moment you change the perspective, it broadens the possibilities. And I'm not saying everybody should just break up if shit's going bad. But being able to look at it, we tolerate so much in our lives. We don't have to do that. Yeah. Well, painful, you know, as you have kids and as you get older and as you climb your own corporate ladders, they both worked very successful jobs. They both traveled a lot. I think life happens. You know, he told a story of one of his best friends ended up dying, you know, suddenly, and it made him completely look at his life differently. He wasn't as healthy as he wanted to be. He wasn't really living in, you know, this energetic state that he wanted. So he started to make these really crazy changes. And I'm sure it was a shock to her. I don't know the whole story, nor should I probably be telling it, but you know, I feel like he changed on her. And so I think had he never changed, they might still be married because it sounded like, you know, from the little bits, I only hear one side that that life was pretty good, that they were pretty happy, but something woke him up and it unlocked this part of him that he looked around and was like, is this my life? Is this how I want to be living? And the answer was no. And so when they ended up separating, like, I guarantee his life is 10 times fucking harder now than it was when he was married. Like he probably, it was cush, right? Like they, they had the big fancy house. They had the two kit, like it was a setup and to then move like in your, in, I think he's 52 now to move into an apartment and leave everything, you know, like you have to be feeling some type of way to leave that life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look back and I can hear it in his voice sometimes around, you know, I work so hard for that stuff or for that life. Like I put so much time in and effort in all various ways with the relationship, with the career, all the things. And, and, you know, life kind of threw him for a curveball because I doubt he saw himself getting divorced either. And so, you know, we're navigating this new season. I have an 11 year old with somebody and we made a vow because we grew up in families that you know, our, his parents got divorced at like when he was like seven, I, my mom doesn't even know who my dad is. So we, we made a pact from the beginning before we even got pregnant. There's a good chance. This isn't going to work out like eye to eye handshake deal 50, 50 all the way, no matter what happens. I always choose, you know, in respect, whatever you say with Kai and, and vice versa. And two years later we separated and, you know, some people will say, maybe you set yourself up to lose, but I don't think we did. I think we knew at that time in our life that we really wanted to be parents. I think we knew the reality of how many people get divorced right now. I had already been divorced. I think we knew a lot more than we were like giving ourselves credit for. And we still have a really great relationship to this day. It's not perfect, but um, I wouldn't say I had actually had a conversation with Kai yesterday about moving because my boyfriend lives in Arizona. And he asked me, he said, would you live in Arizona if I didn't live here? I said, yeah, I would have already moved. And he said, I would live in Arizona too, but I wouldn't want to do that to dad. And I said, I wouldn't want to do that to your dad either. And so, you know, having that healthy conversation, like it wasn't all roses when I left, let's be honest. We weren't like a handshake, high five, like, do you need help packing on the way out? (laughs) But we got to the point where, you know, we are respectful enough that I, you know, I wouldn't do that because we have one kid and we made this deal. And so, you know, I think when you can be true to yourself, which was for both of us, like 
who he was and who I, I am wasn't ever going to be able to be a great match. You know, we couldn't give each other the things that we really truly needed, our different love languages and the things we needed support around and how we thought about life and the things we wanted. And we both decided like, that's okay. You can go find it and you can go find it. So, you know, you, you always have to pull from that strength of who are you? <laughs> what do you truly want in your life? And who do you want around you? That just gave me goosebumps. That's like literally just the whole takes us right back to the being true to who you are, not tolerating things. Yeah. Being open to possibilities. What advice do you have all the women? Like what tips can you give some of the women out there who are feeling like maybe they want to make a change, but they're afraid? What's the Mm. first thing they should do? Get quiet. Stop asking your friends to think for you. Um, I was really good at always asking all my friends what they thought. I would just dump all this stuff on them and they would try their best to give me advice. And, you know, you can feel it in your bones when someone says something, you're like, nope, not that. Nope, not that. Nope, not that. Like, you know, the answers you're seeking. So when people say other things, you're like, that's nice, but no, you know, you maybe don't say it out loud, but that's, I'm aware enough. And I notice my thoughts enough to know I was looking for them to give me permission or validation around decisions I was making in my life. And I have this one girlfriend, she's annoyingly awesome. <laughs> and when I say annoyingly awesome, like she knows me well and she's intuitive enough, really beautiful. You want to slap her across the face. Look, what do you really want? And I'm like, you fucking asked me like that. Like, it's so easy. Stop saying that. I would say to her and she's like, that's all it really comes down to. Like, what do you really want? You know, anytime I talk about the relationship, anytime I would talk about my business, anything, it would come back to that simple question. What do you really want? It's a powerful you know? question that not a lot of people can answer. It's, it, and most people can't nope. because their limiting beliefs take over the feelings of what do I really want? Not what is really possible for me. I'm not asking you to play stupid idea time of like, you know, uh, uh, tomorrow I want to start making $5 million and be married to the man of my dreams and live on the beach. Okay. Well, great. If that is what you really want, how do you reverse engineer your life now to start taking steps towards it? Yes, that seems like a giant goal if you're in, you know, $100,000 in debt and you're still married to somebody you hate and you live in Timbuktu, right? Okay, what's the first step you can take to start to feel less like you're stuck, right? So it's really a lot more simple than we give ourselves credit for, but we are in this world of instant gratification that we think if we do one thing that it should change everything, right? Like if that woman in Timbuktu who's in a hundred thousand dollars in debt married to somebody she hates, what's, where does she even start? How overwhelming must that feel? So again, when you ask me to give tips and advice, I'm never someone to like super sympathize because we are all currently in the situation we chose to be in, Yes, which is another fucking harsh reality that I have to like. I cry and laugh at myself at the same time when That's I'm journaling. That's a whole sometimes. other podcast episode. That's a whole other a whole, podcast. I'm like, but bitch, you really got is. yourself here. It's true though. It's we, so true. We, the reality we see around us, we've created that based on choices we made in the past. The choices we're making right now are going to create the reality down the road. But it's also this knowing what you want thing. There's this, I don't even know what to call it. I almost want to call it an epidemic, but like, We are afraid to almost say what we want. We say what we think other people would want us to say, or we say what we think is the right answer. Because God forbid, 
we just want to make a lot of money and help a lot of people and do really awesome things and travel around the world. God forbid that because what are people going to think? And on that note, that's why the first tip I guess I would give you is to make sure that you are only ingesting positive propaganda when it comes to your beliefs. Follow and stay connected to people who truly believe in their own dreams as well. Because when you share your dreams and goals with them, they will look at you and say a couple of things. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. You're not dreaming big enough. They'll ask you what's the first thing you're going to do to start to take action. They'll call you the next week and see if you are doing the things you say. They'll probably try to hold you accountable if you allow them to. And that in and itself is the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself today. If you're listening to this podcast and you follow people on social media who make you feel less than, if you follow people on any platform, Facebook podcast, the news, you know, hanging out with your family members, if any of it makes you feel like you can't dream big or want for the things you actually really want, you're in the wrong energy. Mm-hmm. And that is on you, right? Like sometimes we're put in situations, maybe it's a job that you have to be around this tyrant of a boss. Okay, fine. But for the other hours of the day, do you have control of what you are putting into your ears that you're reading all of that? That's the first place to start because once I shifted that and I stopped following people that made me feel like shit was unattainable, everything shifted for me. And I am in the current reality that I have because I created it. I live in a house that I love. I'm with a partner that I'm exceptionally like adore and admire. I have the coolest kid. I have a rad relationship with my son's dad. I have a great relationship with my mom because I've taken action to create that and make that be the thing that it is, right? I've released friends who weren't an equal energy exchange for me. When I realized all we were doing was commiserating with each other, I knew I had to let that energy go as hard as it was, as much fun as I'd maybe had with those people before, they weren't fitting into where I was going. And my one friend that I was talking about that I want to slap because she's so intuitive. (laughs) I said to her one time, something like it was between a friendship. I'd kind of this one friendship, it kind of dissolved a little bit. And I said, you know, they're just not giving me what I need anymore. I said something stupid like that. She looked at me and she goes, oh, they're not giving you what you need is the energy's off. And I don't feel like the conversation's going the way I want. So therefore I'm not able to participate in things that make sense. So I started rambling and she was like, that's a little bit better, but it's not on them to give you what you need. It's on you to be the mirror. Like we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, if you notice, and I got really good at this with my clients behind the chair. If you notice like clients would come in and complain, it's so easy to do. Like they're sitting in your chair for a couple hours. Um, I got really good at redirecting conversations. So tell me something good that did happen today, Susan. Oh, but what about your son? Didn't he get into college? Like I was so good at reframing because the first couple of years of my career, I'd get to the car and just want to like slam my head on the steering wheel because all people did all day was dump on me. It's because humans are designed to bond over negativity. It's what we're wired for. But I knew I was discerning enough in my early 20s to know like I can't do this. Like I didn't have the tools yet to like cleanse my space and to let the shit go. Like I would take that shit home. And I was like, you got into this career to not take shit home. How are you going to change this? So I started changing the conversations in my chair. I started redirecting or I started not letting those clients book anymore that I found to be total assholes or just bring me down. If I had someone on my books that week that I was like, "Mm, she's coming in. Nope. Nope. My assistant was taking them or they, they, they all of a sudden got canceled. Like when you take ownership of what you allow in your life, that's when everything will change. Yes. Yes. That is such like, 
such a powerful statement and it's so true. We do have to be self-accountable for things. <sighs> I know. I, I hate to tell people that I hate to tell that they actually have to be accountable because listen, anyone listening right now, I wish there was an easy button. They made a whole commercial joke out of it for staples, right? The easy yeah. button. But to be honest, we all know if we close our eyes and just have a moment, like anything we've ever gone through that's challenged us or pushed us or was worth fighting for, like you appreciate that shit so much more on the other end and then you value it and then you take care of it, right? That's why it takes 10 months to have a baby and then 18 years for the motherfuckers to get out of the house. Like, <laughs> you know, so when we think like our businesses should pop off after one viral post or we think that we should be somebody, you know, getting asked to speak on stages after you wrote one quote post that, you know, like eight people liked, like it just blows my mind. So to think that we don't have to work for things like, I'm talking to myself too, y'all. It's not just me talking at you. And again, like I say this with empathy because I'm in that stage of shifting my career and my life to, you know, do the work now for the future version of, of me that I know is coming. And I, I love that you brought up that persona or that character that your coach was telling you to do. If you need to create that for yourself, I say do it. Because sometimes we have to pretend a little bit until we start to embody that person. And that's why I love the beauty industry because even if on the inside I don't feel my best, I sure as fuck know how to make the outside look great. My hair, my makeup, my outfit on point. I may feel like I want to like jump off the bridge, but like I'm going to show out. And that has always helped me step into rooms feeling like the best version of myself. And it's been interesting with podcasting because sometimes people don't listen to see you on video. It's all audio. So I've had to learn how to channel that confidence that's on the outside internally. And I do that through sharing real stories, just like you do. Yeah. And it's also energy, right? Energy doesn't lie. You can be saying the words, but if your energy is not matching up, if your beliefs are not matching up, people can feel that. 100%. And that's being authentic. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to link up a bunch of stuff in the show notes for you, but your podcast program, can you tell people about that? Cause I know I have clients who want to start podcasts and that's not my jam. Yeah, no. And that's exactly why I did it. It's funny because over the last couple of years, like since starting my podcast, right, I still own the salon, but about eight months in, well, six, eight months into the podcast, I realized I want to be a full-time podcaster podcasting is my jam. I'm obsessed with it. And I went and found mentors who created six-figure businesses off of their podcast alone. And I got belief poured into me, just like I was telling you guys to do. I went and found the right mentors. I didn't find people to tell me like, mm, yeah, no, after 20 episodes, you'll probably want to quit. No, I found the answers I was seeking and decided to go all in with podcasting. So not only it took a while, right? It took a couple of years for me to let the salon business go. But with that being said, I see how many people stay stuck and not start their podcast and not share their voice and not, not give themselves an opportunity to build confidence through action um, that I had to create a course because I looked for courses and they were all like, oh, pick your name and then pick your client avatar. And I was like, okay, that's, I got that. And that's not even the most important part. Cause guess what? You can fucking change the name. You can change your client avatar. You can change what you talk about. What's important is learning how to push through the things that keep you stuck. So if it's tech, if it's, you know, the done for you stuff, this is why the course is so high level and comprehensive. It's almost too comprehensive because I didn't want you to have any questions after you went through this course. And I had my team help me put it together because I don't edit my own podcast. I don't do any of that side of it. 
And so I brought the experts in, right? I paid a lot of money to have people invest into this course. I have my good friend, Alex Street, who teaches you how to tell true storytelling through podcasting and how to put your message together, which is the hardest part for most people, right? We have, look at us, 20, 30, 40 years of life experience. How do you tell that story in a bio? How do you share your expertise in a concise way that people know why they're coming to listen to your podcast? So I also realized that people want to wait till they feel confident to then start. And I'm like, no, you will build that confidence through messy inspired action. And with all of that, I, I bought everybody's course, you know, um, Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kutcher, like anyone who has a podcast course, I invested in it and make sure I didn't miss anything. So not only is the course there ready for you to grab and ingest at your own going from idea to launch, no problem. You can do it in as little as a week. I suggest taking a couple weeks to really work through it. But then one step further, I learned so many of my, my friends, my peers right now, have awesome podcasts and they're still doing all the work themselves. And I'm like, girl, you're not staying in your zone of genius. You're like in your zone of excellence, maybe right now. I know you're not a podcast editor. Like, and so they pushed me. They're like, I just can't find a good agency. And so my team, I looked at everybody. I said, y'all ready? I'm like, I'm ready to go all in on podcasting. I So we have built out an amazing agency where we are now taking new clients for the done for you part of the podcasting, right? The editing, um, all of the good stuff that comes with producing a show. Uh, so if you do have a current podcast already and you're looking for an agency, reach out. We are taking clients right now. But if you're someone who's like, nope, I got this. I love doing this kind of stuff. I just want to learn how to do it myself first, which I highly suggest that you do because you should know what you're hiring for, whether it's an agency or a VA or someone to help you. You kind of need to know the process just in case something ever happened to them or whatever. Trust me, I've learned it all the hard way. So two ways to work with us. There's the podcast course you can grab today, or you can reach out if you already have a podcast, or if you just want help from the very beginning with the agency, we got you covered there. So that's all I'm doing right now, full on. And I'm so stoked about it. I love it. And I love your passion behind it. And I love the energy behind it. It's amazing. So one thing I always ask people who are on this show is what does living a limitless life mean for you? Now that I've done so much of this work, like I truly believe that anything is possible for myself and for anybody around me, which is why I feel so fitted to run this agency and to help people start their podcast because we know like podcast creates awareness. It allows people to connect with you. You not only build an audience, right? Of people who just listen, but you can truly build community through podcasting, not only in, in being a guest on other people's show, but also you facilitating greatness into your community, bringing in people and thought leaders into your world. You know, the limitless feeling is almost overwhelming because I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I have so many options because I believe I can do anything. So again, with something good always comes a little bit of something bad. And I would want nothing more than to feel limitless than to feel powerless. I love that. Thank you so much for taking this time out of your busy schedule because I know you've been traveling and doing all the things. So I really appreciate having you here today. And I know people are going to get so much out of this conversation. Giving back is easy. Leave unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 